0: Hi, everybody. Um, it's me, David, and I'm joined with by... Oh, boy. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. A little rusty here. It's been seven whole days since the last episode of Election Profit Makers, the podcast that we're making right now. And over the course of those seven days, we've gotten a little rusty. We're like an old, beloved childhood bicycle that sat outside in the backyard for a few too many winters. And now when you run home from college and you hop on your old BMX bike chains a little rusty the wheels are a little raggedy and your old bmx bike doesn't doesn't flow as a natural extension of your body the way it used to when you were in sixth seventh grade also you're now 24 years old because it's taking you a long time to get through college you're moving at your own pace you're taking some gap years and some extra semesters to center yourself as you flit from major to major and text to text trying to figure out what the future has in store for you and so as you wobble down the avenue on your childhood bmx bicycle bunch of cars pass you by and they honk at you. And they say, what are you doing on that little kid's rusty bicycle? Aren't you a grown man? And you say, not me, I'm forever young. Just like the hosts of my favorite podcast, Election Profit Makers, the rusty BMX bicycle of podcasts. My name is David and I'm joined in the line by John. Hey, David, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, I suppose. How are you doing? Last week, I was really sick. Oh, right. You don't have that
1: congestion anymore. No, I had, a, I had a, a sinus infection, apparently. I don't think I've ever had one of those before. And so now I'm on, you know, some antibiotics, and it's uh, cleared things right up for me. So... so
0: just for the record, this means you have still never had COVID. Is that true? Yep. Wow. Unless, you know, the tests lied. Mm, but I don't unless think- Unless they... the tests lied. But I don't think they did. There were multiple tests. Okay. I assume this means you're going to be voting for Robert F Kennedy Jr. for president? Yes. All right. He's anti-pharma. I'm anti-pharma, sort I of. I mean, everybody's anti-pharma. Yeah.
1: Um so that's a good reason to vote for him. Okay. And he's really healthy in terms of like he's in really good shape. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen him? He's like totally jacked. He's got all sorts of muscles and everything, which means that any time he talks about health issues, he knows what he's talking about because he himself
0: is healthy. Does he lift? Probably. John, answer me this. What's going on with our society? I don't know. The kids have lost their ways. All right. Let's turn to the predicted market. What do we got here? My investment in Tim Scott is not paying off. Remember my theory that Tim Scott would overtake Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump as Donald Trump's, as Donald Trump's legal woes increased and Ron DeSantis' uh, sort of anti-charisma became more, uh, more and more obvious. I thought Tim Scott would be the person to pick up the slack. Well, that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. He's gone from nine cents to eight cents. And I look at that and I'm like, am I on some kind of prank show? My God. Why doesn't, why, what's going on? Well... Do you want to talk more about that? Not really. Okay. Do you
1: know something that is going on today?
0: <laughs> I just had to mention Predicted. Okay.
1: Well, we're gonna we'll, we'll stay we'll stay on Predicted for as a second, a, as
0: a, as just because it is nominally still a podcast about winning and losing money on political outcomes and current right. events. But now that I've mentioned Predicted, let's let's go on to what you want to talk about.
1: Uh, I would like to say that there was breaking news just before we got on the air here that Hunter Biden has. Uh, cut a plea bargain with uh, the Department of Justice and is uh, in trouble. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to go to jail, but... Um, I don't think he's going to go to
0: jail. But, you know, everyone said this was never going to happen, right? Really? Yeah. I have to tell you, John, I've never really understood what the deal is with hunter biden
1: well i'll tell you he's like a troubled teen he's going to be guilty on you know for 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 tax evasion some minor tax crimes
0: and also for uh, a gun charge let's be very clear who is hunter biden who is this guy he's because are there very many people who are very obsessed with this guy or not <laughs> he's the son of the president and he had some um, drug and alcohol issues, right? Right. And he had some penis pictures, and that's what the Twitter files was about, right? The white, the Biden campaign wanted Twitter to take down some penis pictures, and
1: yeah, his his laptop was. Um, oh, right, this laptop. His laptop got uh, sent over to, to to be repaired, and then it never got picked up. And then the FBI thought that the laptop perhaps was some sort of campaign that the Russians had orchestrated to damage the president. I'm not sure if that was the case. And what's Burisma? There's was an energy company that he sat on the board of, and he probably wasn't qualified. Imagine that. Yeah. That, that, that powerful people tend, that are, tend to sit on boards where they're not necessarily qualified. Um, and
0: people did not like that. But that's just everyday run of the mill corruption. It wasn't criminal corruption, right? I don't think so. And then he took five million dollars from China. What happened there? I don't know anything about that. Well, I think someone on Fox News said he took five million, or maybe Joe Biden took five million. <sighs> no, Joe you Biden what, didn't take any. Joe Biden didn't take any money. You know, you telling me you're going to sit here with a straight face and tell me that Joe Biden didn't take five million dollars from China? No. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. No, no but, I mean, nobody's been able to prove that Joe Biden took any money from China. But there's an ongoing criminal investigation in Hunter Biden for all this various stuff. And today he's agreed to to um, cop a plea to the tax stuff and the gun stuff.
1: That's right. It's interesting that he ended up going down before the guy that was responsible for January 6th and all of the other classified documents stolen. You're talking about former President Donald J. Yeah. Trump? Mm-hmm. So this is what uh, a user on Polymarket today who... He invested and was able to win $13,000. He got a $13,000 payday on Polymarket today because he correctly predicted that Hunter Biden was going to go down. Now, this is the same Polymarket user who has lost $100,000 so far, betting that President Trump will be reinstated as president.
0: Yes. Oh Lord, yes. So, he, what is the username of this king among kings? I don't know
1: what his username is, but he took the thirteen thousand dollars that he won today, uh-huh. and he promptly reinvested that. Yes, back into Trump
0: being reinstated yes. in September. So this guy might know something. He was right about Hunter Biden. He was right about Hunter Biden. What was the actual market? Do you know what the actual market was? On uh, Polymarket? The language of the Hunter Biden market. Let's see. Polymarket. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever been on this before. Polymarket, bet your beliefs. It's a nice little punchy catchphrase that will lead to many bankruptcies. It was, will Hunter Biden be indicted by July 1, 2023? Okay, so that's good news about Hunter Biden, because now everything will go back to normal and we can tone down the crazy rhetoric that both sides have been engaged in. Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I just had to say it. I don't know why. Sometimes it's fun to talk that way and to imagine what what it must be like to think that way. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., as we mentioned earlier, went on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is a really famous podcast, and they were talking all about vaccines and stuff. And I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is now a certain type of American man's favorite new guy.
1: Yeah, who is that? certain? The, the Joe Rogan, Elon Musk type? Yeah. Yeah. That self-styled bad boys who are not smart. Yeah. People that have never really failed at anything, so they are convinced that they're geniuses in all topics.
0: People who look at a book and say, none for me, thanks. I gave at the office. <laughs> the people who think they're so smart, they don't have to read. Yeah. Isn't that, that's truly a type, right? Yeah. When did everyone get so anti-books? Like, Books are great. I think books are number one. That's one of the top inventions. Yeah. How many books so much do you a, read? Do you read a lot? Well, I'm all into books now because I'm really trying to read a lot of books this year. And you think that makes you smart? Absolutely. Listen to me. Okay, yeah. I mean, I sound that's like a, Albert Einstein right now. That's right. That is a right? good point. The universe is, the, gravita- the gravitational field is quite impressive. Yeah. Time is bending now. See, that's, mm. that's the kind of shit you learn in books. So
1: would you have any um, recommendations for the people that are now potentially
0: lost at sea? Oh, Jesus. Did you just, did you just transition us into the Titanic submarine yeah, thing? Yeah, I did. Oh, my gosh. This, this, Wait, let's okay. okay hold on. Yes. Everything's happening. Everything's
1: okay, happening. All right. All right.
0: Okay. <sighs> Robert F. Kennedy Jr. went on Joe Rogan's podcast and said all this stuff about how Wi Fi gives you cancer and mm-hmm. anti vaccines and COVID this and COVID that. And mm-hmm. then some vaccine scientist was like, on Twitter, was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. And Joe Rogan was like, I'll pay at that $100,000 for you to debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Why won't you debate him? And then Elon Musk chimed in too, right? Right. And said the reason why this guy is is hesitating is because he knows that everything he says is a
1: lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? It's so stupid I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Why don't we just not talk about it?
1: Okay, we don't have to. No, we Let's don't have to.
0: Let's not talk about it. Let's, I'd ra- I would actually rather talk about this fucking submarine that they tried to go down and look at the Titanic with the freaking Xbox control. Did you see this submarine? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I honestly think it's pretty sad. I'm not
1: rejoicing, like most people are. Do you are, think most
0: people are rejoicing? It's, it,
1: fe- it feels like most people are rejoicing that these people are going to die.
0: This is a billionaire who, who built a little rinky-dink submarine to go down, what, 12,000 feet under the surface of the ocean yeah. to look at the actual Titanic. That's right. They fit five people in this little, I mean, the claustrophobia I got looking at this thing, and it's bolted from the outside. It, if you think about it, it's a horrible situation. That oh, is it?
1: it? If if they are okay, so we know that a number of things could have happened. They've gone down. They've lost power, and they apparently did not have any low locator beacon, which is kind of incredible. Since I use these little tags, and you can buy these little Apple Air Tags and have GPS for
0: everything. No, yeah, idea. but those things aren't gonna. They're not gonna work from two miles. Under the ocean, anyway.
1: Oh, okay. That's why they didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like
0: you, you can't put GPS. You can't put GPS on something and have it work when you're fucking twelve thousand feet on below sea level. No, it doesn't work. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Then they weren't. Believe stupid. me, you're not the only one who's been researching this submarine. All right.
1: I'm not. I'm not saying that there is any solution here. I am just saying that it's very sad that if there was not some sort of hull catastrophe where they imploded and were crushed immediately under the sea. And they have just simply lost power and they're at the bottom of the ocean and they know that it's just a matter of time before they're going to run out of air and they know that no other submersible can get to them and bring them to the surface, that it would just really suck to be with five people knowing that your hours are numbered. Now, if they're floating on the surface, they may never find them either. But if at least if they're floating on the surface and they're running out of air, they're like, hey, look, maybe they'll find us. Let's <laughs> pray. Let's pray. Keep hope alive. But if they're on the surface, they know. Well, they might find us, but they can't bring us up. We are doomed. You mean
0: if they're below the surface?
1: Yes, if they're below the surface and they're on the, the seabed, they know that they are doomed, and then they have to sit there for while the clock ticks, like 40 hours, 35 hours. I would want a cyanide pill. I don't want to be sitting there. I mean, it's awful when you think about it, because they're eventually going to find this thing, and they're going to bring it to the surface, and then you're going to have all these, like, iphone videos of them saying goodbye Bro,
0: they're not gonna bring this thing to the surface if they find it what are you talking about you don't think so to do what no they're not gonna to open it up and so another crew can go way down and die trying to find the no i don't think it would be that hard to bring it to the surface there's no other there's like two boats in the world that can go this deep i think they're going to try to bring it to the surface and figure out what went wrong I hope Elon Musk offers up one of his special submarines like he did with, the, with those kids when they were trapped yeah. in that cave. And then Elon Musk was like, hey, do you want to use my special submarine? And the experts were like, no. And then it, he had a tantrum. He called them pedophiles. Yeah, that's right. That's when some people had the first inkling that Elon Musk, the great genius, the savior of humanity, might not be the coolest guy who ever lived. Mm-hmm. There, this, this submarine is, is, has probably collapsed and been crushed. Well, I hope that, it, that that's the case for them. It's really haunting me. And I will say it's one of the rare current events news stories that has infested my TikTok. Oh, it's all over TikTok. And usually stuff, usually stuff from the news does not encroach upon my TikTok viewing.
1: Well, so why are people so interested in this? Because, pe- you know, five people die and go missing because all it's the time.
0: Because like, uh, it's just like your ultimate nightmare. And it's like so it's so perfect thematically. They're, they're going down to look at one of the great symbols of human hubris of all time the titanic and now they've met exactly the same fate right like yeah yeah and it's rich it's billionaires and r- super rich people who each had to pay like a quarter million it's like it's like perfect it's a perfect story for our time
1: but it doesn't it's not necessarily that it's being followed because these people are rich I think a lot of people are upset. They're saying the only reason they're following is because they're rich. And it's like, no, they're following it because they're two and a half miles down
0: at the Titanic. <laughs> and it's an incredible story. Just Even like, if it was a middle class passenger, yeah. they'd probably still find some interesting stuff I mean, the right, Chilean miners, that was interesting. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Baby, totally. Jessica, baby Jessica. She, the it was hoax, fake. The, the it it turned hoax, out to be right, fake. Yeah.
1: But right, yeah, before yes, we found yes, out know. that it was fake... Right. That was interesting as well. Don't send any emails. We know that Baby Jessica was not fake. John's doing his famous comedy bit called Baby Jessica is Fake. Yeah. And this is fake. We all know the Titanic isn't real. It was a movie. Mm, that one doesn't hit the way the Baby Jessica did. Okay. Though. All right. Yeah. It's sad. I just want to register my that I I
0: have humanity, and I think it's sad. John, thank you for registering that you have humanity. What a human and natural way you, you expressed your humanity just then. I, too, would like to register my humanity pursuant to humanity code 603 underscore 4V2. I, David Reese, officially register that I am a human filled with all the psychological, emotional, and spiritual components that are common to said species. Humanus modernus. Right? Mm. Homo sapien. Yeah. But with a 21st century twist, which is what I bring to my humanity. (laughs) Okay? Okay. So I'm a human. But my humanity comes with like a 21st century twist, like streaming. Ah, uh, OK. Hi, def. <laughs> Cornel West has switched from the Freedom Fellows Party to the Green Party. He's really going to be a spoiler. Joe Biden is so fucked. I got a little bit pessimistic this week about old Joe's chances. With RFK Jr. running, although he's running it, people will vote for him. He'll definitely run third party if he doesn't win the Democratic nomination. Cornell West is running to spoil everything. And now he's running on the Green Party. It's going to be a real challenge for Joe Biden to beat Donald Trump. That's why I need Tim Scott to come in and take the Republican nomination.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's going to be a challenge, of course. I, I but I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge. All right. Yeah. I think Joe's going to win by by 6 to 10 points
0: and it's not going to be that close. Holy shit, really? Are you making an official prediction? As yeah, part sure. Of your I'm making an official
1: prediction right now that that's what's going to happen. I hold on, obviously hold on. have. Hold on. I, I let can me change play the official this prediction.
0: prediction. Let me play the official prediction theme before you make your prediction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> John, do you have a little prediction? Yes, like? I have a prediction that
1: President Joe Biden will be reelected in a landslide. Six to 10 points in the popular vote, which will translate to an electoral college landslide. And North Carolina will be the closest state.
0: Thank you for that prediction. That was exciting. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what. Let me go grab my iced coffee. I thought I could make it through without it, but I can't. I'll be right back. Okay? Okay. Give me just a moment. Okay. You can, you know what, John? You can talk about whatever you want. Hey, everybody. I'm going to go grab my iced coffee. and In the meantime, all okay. right.
1: <laughs> okay. Whatever I want to talk about. Honestly, people, I don't really want to talk about anything. There's just nothing happening right now. It's the doldrums of summer. The most exciting thing that has happened has been this Titanic situation. And I was really excited when I read about it because I've been so bored with all of this other news. No labels. We could talk about that. That's not exciting either. we could talk about these movies that are bombing at the box office. That
0: I am back. Not... What are you talking about? Are you talking about box office returns?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about this it's a bunch of movies that are bombing at the box office. This bunch of superhero crap. And it's really <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> You're not up on the li- you? Yeah.
1: I'm trying so to. I mean, I told you, I said, I've been listening to so, I've listened to more podcasts in the last week trying to come up with ideas i got nothing there's just nothing interesting out there and i'm like maybe some other podcasts are talking about some interesting things and i could just steal their ideas no they're talking about what are the they same- talking about, they're talking about no labels and cornell west and rfk jr and hunter Biden. they're just talking about the same awful stuff we're talking about let's talk okay. about your colonoscopy
0: you're getting a colonoscopy okay you know what we'll be the only podcast in the game to talk about my upcoming colonoscopy I'm going to have a routine colonoscopy next week. And today I went to Walgreens to buy all the special ingredients that I need to prepare my body for this feast, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a colonoscopy prank and I'm going to eat four bacon double cheeseburgers right before I go into the doctor. I would just want to do a little, a little bit. Uh, is that funny?
1: That would be funny, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I had to buy all the stuff to empty myself out. That
1: so I did it maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago, maybe three years ago. I don't know. I don't. The time is so screwed up now. But I did it recently. Okay. And you will be drinking so much liquid. I know, man. I can't. And wait. so much of that liquid will be coming out of you.
0: In one end and out the other. I can't wait. It is really gross. I'm going to be filled with nothing but water. Yep. Nothing but water. I will achieve my ultimate state, which is your ultimate nightmare. Yeah. You know, there's a new mo- John. There's a speaking of movies and box office. There's a new cartoon movie, and one of the characters is just made out of water. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. And another character is just nothing but fire. We should go see that. Hold on. It's called Elementals. <laughs> don't don't fall asleep. I think it's interesting. I Ele- deviated septum as well. Okay. 2023. It's called Elemental Singular. And it's by Pixar and each character, get this, each character is like a different element. So like one is dirt, one is, I can't tell what what element is that? I'm looking at the poster. One is fire and one is water. We are like, I'm like the guy who's nothing but water. One of them looks like grass. One of them looks like cotton candy. That can't be right. This pink cotton candy. Anyway, this movie has a character who's nothing but water. Isn't that interesting? No. You must be Why so Why would I wet. want to go see this? Are, He's are, so wet.
1: Are they voiced by some famous people at least? I'm sure. It's like J-Lo is the, doing the voice. I know. It's always like that. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just right. like. Chris
0: Pratt is water drop.
1: Yeah. Adam Sandler <laughs> is the fire guy. <laughs> Rick uh,
0: Moranis is a clump of dirt with some weeds in it. I w- if it, They re- really should have gone for it and had one character for each element in the periodic table, and it would have had so many characters running around screaming. That would be good. Because mm-hmm. then you could have so much casting. Taylor Swift is carbon. Zendaya is michonium mm. mm-hmm. Speaking of viral videos, that was nice. Yeah. All right. So I'm not gonna see, you're not going to see this movie that stars a, a drop of water? Nope. What do you think they're trying to do in that movie? What could the plot be? possibly be in that movie elemental i don't know do this ad read real quick
1: birchwood palace industries this week's episode is brought to you by paper palace a service of birchwood palace industries Paper Palace is a games by mail subscription service. It's not a substack, it's not a Patreon, it's not funded by venture capital money. It's not available anywhere online. It's only available as a nicely designed document delivered to you by the U.S. Postal Service. This month's letter is a deep dive on M.A.S.H., the game of childhood predictions you may recall from the 80s or 90s. The letter digs into the history of the game, including its origins in parlor games of the 19th century, its popularity in Cold War-era Finland, and its connection to the titular sitcom. EPM listeners can get a 20% discount on any order by using the coupon code HELICOPTERTONY at checkout. Visit the store online at birchwoodpalace.com.
0: Birchwood Palace Industries, one of our greatest advertisers. This is a, this is their third ad. He does good stuff. Yeah, I, he was at the meetup in Minneapolis. Actually, oh, that's cool. Yeah, living legend. Yeah, it that was like awesome. meeting it was like meeting a celebrity. That's killer. John, last week we toyed all week, exhilaratingly and tantalizingly, with the realm of the erotic, and this week I've decided that we should bring this we should bring this into full flower. Let's do a new sexy section of our podcast, okay? There's not enough erotic frisson in political podcasting. And so in that spirit, we present this week's erotic bad boys of the week.
1: Everybody get naked. Yeah, yeah. Everybody show their buns. Orgy, orgy. It's erotic bad boys of the week. Let's get sexual. Bad boys are number one.
0: Let's fucking suck like crazy tonight. It's about to get super sexy. Now, John, there's only two nominees this week. Um, One is actually, interestingly, from the state where you live, and the other is from the state where I live. So this is kind of like an East Coast versus West Coast battle to see who is the sexiest bad boy of the week. Mm. Who do you have representing North Carolina for erotic bad boy of the week? North Carolina Speaker of the House, Republican Tim Moore. Can you say it a little sexier?
1: North Carolina speaker <laughs> Tim Moore is being sued for an affair, uh, abuse of power, alienation of affections as it is known here in the tar heel state.
0: Is that a pretty modern law that you can yeah. sue? Yeah. <laughs> that you I can honestly sue your partner? like I was more some 19th century I stuff. know. I don't I, I kind
1: of Yeah. You know, divorces—they're kind of
0: messy. So yeah, it's always messy. But I feel it's good that it's good that North Carolina lets you add an extra layer of vindictiveness (laughs) to the mess. Right, right. Um, Now, when you sent me this story this week, we got very excited because we thought this involved. Yes, I
1: may have jumped to conclusions when this when the news first broke about 1:30 a.m that Speaker Tim Moore was being sued, um, I thought that this might be the husband of Trisha Cotham, who, as everyone may know, was the Democrat that recently switched parties to give the Republicans a supermajority in the General Assembly. And I, there has been rumors out there, which I had not wanted to mention, but I will mention now the rumors are that she was having a relationship with Tim Moore. So when the news broke, I immediately thought, this is it. This is her husband. This is incredible. And it turns out it was not her husband. It's someone else. But judging by the complaint, it seems like Tim Moore may have relationships with a lot of women.
0: So Tim Moore, let's remember, is the Republican House leader in the North Carolina State House. Correct. The theory was that this would explain Trisha Cotham's kind of bewildering bewildering switch from Democrat to Republican, because all the arguments that she was offering made no fucking sense. Right. So it's like, oh, this is the this unlocks everything. The mystery is solved. It turns out that Moore is having a relationship with the head of like the North Carolina Conference of Legal Clerks or something. Yes. And that her ex-husband – they are separated. The divorce is not finalized. Her ex-husband is like an assistant principal and once ran for like local office. Yeah, Apex Town Council or something. He has sued her. Listen to this quote. The lawsuit says that Moore's conduct, quote, revealed a perverse form of symbiosis. Yeah, he's not suing her. I think he's just suing Moore. Right, right, right. A perverse form of symbiosis in which he persuaded her, this is the guy's ex wife, to engage in degrading acts to satisfy his desires. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that Mrs. Lasseter hoped her acquiescence to his demands would result in defendant Tim Moore supporting favorable action for the organization she represents. Degrading acts to satisfy his desires. That is the definition of the erotic. Right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexier than that.
1: No, especially if, you like see, if you've seen what Tim Moore dark. looks like. Yeah, Ooh. he is sexy. She's denied this. She has denied this. She has come out and made a statement that said that I was not abused. By Tim Moore and that I had a very damaging, abusive relationship with my ex-husband, my soon-to-be ex-husband, and that my relationship with Tim Moore was, you know, consensual and on the up and up. And I, you know, I have no reason to not believe that that may be the case.
0: I have to say as much as I wish that Tim Moore was was about to be sued into oblivion, when you really read this case, it sounds like the ex-husband is not doing well and this is – not, uh, yeah, on the up and up, yeah, well, it could be both. It
1: could be that it was a little sketchy on her end, and that he's lost he's
0: lost his mind. do you think it's true that he did that Tim Moore actually did encourage her to quote engage in degrading sexual acts, including group sexual activity with others over whom he had power or influence? yes i mean if this if this opens the door via discovery to Tim Moore having group sex with people who are under him? Professionally, mm-hmm. then it gets kind of interesting. Then we move from the erotic into the problematic. It's always a fine line, a gray area between these two realms. Right. The realm of the erotic and the realm of the inappropriate. Maybe we'll get there eventually. Maybe this lawsuit will have will bring some things to light. That could happen, right?
1: Yes, it could. I mean, again. Then that
0: freak who makes Euphoria will make a HBO limited series about it. You think? Yeah, because that guy's a pervert, I think.
1: So, over on your side, who who are you representing?
0: Bro, I was standing in line at the pharmacy for my colonoscopy medication pickup. I got this push alert from the LA Times. I've never clicked on a link um, quicker. The push alert, the headline is... He hosted Hollywood's most elite sex parties. Now he's opening an erotic dinner club where anything goes. Can I just say that when you got this, David took a screenshot of it and sent it to
1: me and wrote, It Me
0: oh i wish i wish that i used to host hollywood's most elite sex party and now i was going to open an erotic dinner club where anything goes but you know what i just don't have that entrepreneurial spirit you know are you sure you could though i don't know i don't think so man i don't think I, my mind can't work this way so let me just read the opening to this article <laughs> this dude is this is a definitely an erotic bad boy right. damon Lawner used to throw legendary sex parties in la as the founder of I hate that I have to say this. Sanctum, I think it must be what it is. It's hard to tell because like every other modern business, there's no fucking vowels in this word. So it's S-N-C-T-M. That's got to be Sanctum. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's only because the domain name wasn't available.
0: Right. As the founder of Sanctum, an exclusive club for the super rich, Mm -hmm. to get in, members had to apply in advance, submit photos of themselves... Pay up to seventy five thousand dollars in annual fees and answer such questions as, "What most turns you on?" And I love that. The, I love the way he phrased that question. "What most turns you on?" It's like it's like trying to like fancify the grammar instead of just saying, "Hey, what turns you on the most?" What most turns like so who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, I love fake fancy stuff like that. Okay. In 2019, he sold this secret society for a million dollars after six hedonistic years that cost him his 15-year marriage and strained his relationships with his two young daughters. Oh, who'd have thunk it? Okay. Recently, though, Damon Lawner became co-founder and co-owner of Puzzle, all vowels included, proper spelling. So that's good. He's, he's maturing. A members-only French restaurant scheduled to open this summer in West Hollywood. John, I, I can bike to this place if it's in West Hollywood. I can bike there. Mm-hmm. To get in, diners have to apply in advance, list their net worth, pay up to $10,000 in annual fees, so it's cheaper than the other one was, and answer such questions as, well, technically this isn't a question, but, quote, describe a dream night at Puzzle where anything you desire can be enjoyed. What? So... We're definitely going to have an L.A. EPM meetup at this restaurant called Puzzle once they open and anything we desire can be enjoyed. But I wanted to ask you, John, can you describe a dream night at Puzzle where anything you desire can be enjoyed? It's a French restaurant, so it's already going to be super sexy food because, you know, French cook with a lot of um, um, butter and cream and stuff. No, and I, can't, very I can't describe anything. Oh, well, for me, it's having sex on a pile of spaghetti. OK. Just FYI. <laughs> OK. All right. That's not French. So, who's really. our erotic bad boy of the week? I know who I want to vote for.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I think you got to go with this guy Lawner. I think you do because what's so interesting about this pairing is that we have the two archetypes of the of the sexual man. One is overtly and very cheesily flaunting his sexual you know there's a quote this whole the, the whole la times article i highly recommend one of his friends calls him like a sexual jesus and he's like hey man all i want to do is bring people together and get them all to love each other man i don't know why my life my wife had to leave me after i opened a sex club and i started having sex with all these rich people man right, right. there's that kind of any dresses all in white and the photos are just the photos are just so wonderful and then you have the on the other end of the spectrum and the opposite side of the continent, you have Republican House Speaker Tim Moore, who presents, obviously, as the model of probity and uptightness and, and reticence and morality, secretly maybe forcing people into having groups. I mean, this is what Madison Cawthorne was talking about, right? Remember when everyone made fun of Madison Cawthorne for being like, oh, yeah, there's cocaine orgies all the time. He
1: was talking about Remember that. Yeah, he was talking about what was happening in North Carolina. That's a good point. I'm telling
0: you, man, I don't think this Tim Moore story is over. I think both of these stories have much left to to discover because my guy out here hasn't even opened his French restaurant puzzle. Uh -uh. It hasn't even opened yet. And Tim Moore, this lawsuit is just getting started. So who knows? Maybe we actually shouldn't – maybe we should keep everyone in a delightful state of irresolution and we shouldn't reach, so to speak, a climax in this segment. We shouldn't actually pick the bad boy. Let's see Let's see how both of these stories develop, okay? Okay. So, unresolved. Unresolved. We will pay close heed to both of these people, Tim Moore and Damon Lawner. 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 What, <laughs> what a, a shitty name. name. Damon. Yeah. Damon Lawner? Come on. Lawner? That's fake. What do you do? Run a what do you do? Run a landscaping business. You I needs get a it. Name. Right? Yeah. Damon Lawner. Come on. Tim Moore. though, is good. Moore. more, I begged more from you, Tim. Right? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 That does. And also, Moore has an extra O in it, and you know what O stands for. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's end this segment without resolving who the erotic bad boy of the week is. To be continued.
1: Everybody get naked. Yeah, yeah. Everybody show their buns.
0: Orgy, orgy.
1: It's erotic bad boys of the week.
0: Let's get sexual.
1: Bad boys are number one.
0: Let's fucking suck like crazy tonight. Let's do a Hollywood update. We've already talked about this hit movie, Elemental, that stars a huge drop of water. That neither of us are going to go see. But we also each went to go see a little uh, music concert this past week. Who'd you go to see, John? I went to go see the Pixies in Raleigh at the Red Hat Amphitheater. And they have one of the great number songs. That's how we started our whole songs about numbers thing. Remember? Yeah. This monkey's gone to heaven, and he talks about the different numbers. Did they do that song? They
1: did do that song. I recorded was it. Was it
0: exciting? Yeah, it was very exciting.
1: There were 5,000 people there. They were so excited. It was outdoors. I didn't feel like I was going to get COVID. Uh, Franz Ferdinand opened for them. Famous band, yep. And uh, some other
0: group called Bully. I still got. We still got to do our Patreon episode about number songs. I have to talk to my musician friends. About doing that. Don't forget, everybody. Don't, I have not forgotten about that. I have my list of the best number songs. So we'll get to that. And you went to go see something. I went to go see Noise Legends Pedestrian Deposit, and I went with Starly an unexpected twistaroo to the evening.
1: Did you know Starly was going, or you invited Starly, or you?
0: What? I made Starley go with me. Oh, okay. Starley was right. in town. She was taking a break from leading the battle against the the studios out on the East Coast, shutting down production after production as part of the Writers Guild strike. I love it. I've I've never seen her more in her element than <laughs> describing all her battles and and production shutdowns. That's awesome. So I was going to. a I went to a birthday party. I said, "Come along." I didn't know she was in town. And then at the end of the birthday party, I said, "Well, now I'm going to go see Pedestrian Deposit." This duo, they're, they're like a noise duo, and I have got really into them during COVID, and this is their first show in a really, really long time. She was like, all right, I'll go. So we went to go see them. It was really nuts. It was really good, and I'm really glad that I brought my earplugs. I brought my ear protection, which is good, because they, they make an unholy racket. But it was the climax of the show was great. What brand earplugs do you have? I don't know what they are. Loop? I don't think so. Eargasm? God, I hate that. I hope not. Jesus, is that a real business? Yeah, that's what I have. Everybody grow up. I know. Oh, my
1: God. I know. Okay.
0: The official earplugs of Republican House Speaker Tim Moore. Eargasm. It's just not appropriate because
1: eargasm should be something that you're listening to, and earplugs are designed to— It should be ear condom is really what it is. Yeah, that's nice right? Um, well, what, one of our our listeners, Ben Silver, recommended that I try Loop Engage Plus, which I have ordered, but I've been using Eargasm. What the Eargasm.
0: hell is that? I don't know, but we're going to find out. John, we were talking last week about the issue of lightning and your fear of being struck by lightning and your conviction that you would, that you really seem to make it sound like everyone's going to get struck by lightning. And then you and this Satchel's fellow who lives in Gainesville, Florida and runs a pizzeria. You had this whole back and forth via email talking about lightning and arguing about lightning and and I I kind of zoned out. Um, yeah,
1: Satchel and his wife are not convinced that the, the statistic that I gave for lightning, a one in 19,000 chance over a lifetime of being struck by lightning for people that live in the United States. They did not believe that that was a... A real number, but I I, I did the math on it, and I think it checks out. You've got like 400 people that are struck by lightning a year, 330 million people that live in the U.S. It's like one in a million in any particular year. Then you divide that by, say, 65, 70 years. And it comes out close to one in 19,000 over an entire lifetime. All right. So obviously it's not the same everywhere. If you live in places like Florida or Texas or Louisiana or North Carolina, you're going to have a higher chance of being struck by lightning. And if you are outdoors a lot, males also have a higher chance of, of being struck by lightning, probably because they're outdoors more. Uh, and then I think we got a, a letter from a listener
0: Jeremy wrote in, I'm writing from San Jose, California, whose skyline is not very exciting as all building heights are capped due to the proximity of the airport and the approach path of incoming planes. It is awful. I just listened to your recent episode and was particularly interested in the lightning talk and if any of your listeners had been struck. And so far, John, we should acknowledge we have not heard from any listener who has been struck by lightning, although we have one listener who's not sure if he's been struck by lightning, which is kind of an incredible thing to not be sure about. Anyway... Jeremy continues, I have not been struck, but a friend and I asked ourselves a similar question about 10 years ago. We wanted to find out if it was true that if you are struck by lightning once, you are more likely to be struck again. I don't remember the answer, but it led to us uncovering who has the world record for being struck by lightning the most times. The answer is Roy Sullivan, a park ranger in Shenandoah National Park. His Wikipedia page is astonishing. I won't ruin any of the surprises. Please give it a read. My friend actually has a tattoo tribute to Roy Sullivan. It's a hat with a hole in it. I asked him if he was going to add a lightning bolt, and he said, no way, because Roy hated lightning. So, John, did you read this Wikipedia article about Roy Sullivan? Yeah, I've read about Roy before. Oh, you have? Mm-hmm. What's his deal? He got struck by lightning many times? Yeah, he's
1: been he's been struck by lightning a number of times, yeah. I don't think you. it, it makes it more likely that you're going to be struck by lightning if you've been struck before. But if you've been struck before, it's probably because you're in a high risk area and you are a high risk person that's outdoors all the time. So maybe you're more likely if you've been struck that you'll be struck again. It's like somebody who's been in a car accident's more likely to be in another car accident because they were probably in a car accident because they're not a good driver or they drive
0: a ton. Right. Something like that. Roy Sullivan, friends, has been struck by lightning seven times. For this reason, according to Wikipedia, he gained the nicknames Human Lightning Conductor and Human Lightning Rod. Those are are the (laughs) least creative nicknames I've ever heard. Yeah, well, those are the seven. That's like saying, like, Tom has been in four car crashes, and for that, his nickname is Car Crash Tom. Like, come on, guys. Human Lightning Rod? Human Lightning Conductor? It's like if Human Lightning Rod wasn't... They're like, we need a great nickname for Roy. We could do Human Lightning Rod, and they'll be like, but that doesn't make sense because... A lightning rod is to prevent a human from being struck by lightning. So in a way, even though the human lightning rod does conduct the lightning, yeah. people might get the wrong idea. And then some, so someone was like, well, why don't we just call him human lightning conductor then? Fuck it. Yeah. They should have said his nickname is the <laughs> human lightning getting hit by her. lightning. Yeah. Human lightning Roy. Human lightning, Roy. That's such a good nickname. (laughs) That's such a good and normal nickname. Okay, yeah, yeah. Read this email from Darren about lightning.
1: Hi, EPM. I have a lightning strike story, but I don't think I can definitively say that I was struck by lightning. Perhaps you two can decide whether I'm allowed to say I've been struck by lightning. This happened sometime in the late 90s. I don't remember exactly when it was, but it happened while I was playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on the original PlayStation. It was thunderstorming outside, making it a perfect evening for me to stay inside and play video games. I remember being on the Venice Beach level when it happened. One thing to remember about video games back then is that the controllers used to be corded. Because of this, you could trace an unbroken electronic pathway from the wall outlet to the game console to the controller in your hands.
0: Whoa, that's interesting.
1: Lightning struck the closest I've ever experienced. You know how you could count the number of seconds between the visual lightning strike and the audible thunder and use some conversion to determine how far away the lightning is? This was simultaneous. Lightning plus thunder, brighter and louder than I had ever experienced or have ever experienced since. You can probably imagine where this is going. When the lightning struck, I felt a jolt in my hands. It was not strong enough to kill me or even do any serious harm, but it was startling enough to make me drop the controller and the surge of electricity was enough to fry some of the electronic connections. The TV still mostly worked, but I was never able to play video games on it after that. If my memory serves, the PlayStation survived the encounter as well. It was only the connection between the game console and the TV that was broken afterward. So you tell me, was I struck by lightning, or was I just near enough to a lightning strike to experience
0: mild electrocution? Oh. I... I think being struck by lightning implies that you that it actually directly hits you, right? I mean that's what I think of when I think of someone saying I was struck by lightning. So, I'm going to disagree. Okay? Because
1: I think if you are directly struck by lightning, you die. You just do. Lightning is, oh, is so true? powerful and if 9 in 10 people that are struck by lightning survive that tells me that 1 in 10 people have a direct lightning strike and are just fried and the other people are close enough to a tree that you know it hits the tree and it goes through the roots and it shocks them or burns them and knocks them out i think this might count as a lightning strike i mean there was electricity. They're not all created equally, obviously. You mean the strength of the lightning strikes? Yeah. S- some are. But but again, if nine in 10 people survive, that tells me that it just can't be a direct strike. Okay. Because it would kill you every single time. So, yes, was this minor? Perhaps. But I I would think that this counts. And- I, w- I would say that there are probably other people out there that have ha- have had at least a close encounter with lightning. I think everybody probably has. I know I've had two lightning strikes in my life that were so close that it, it felt like it knocked me over. Um, what? And that it was probably- Seriously? Yeah. It was probably within 100 feet of me. And that's- Where a- were you? On the beach? Well, one of them one of them was on the beach when I was mm-hmm. a teenager. Uh the other one was in a Harris Teeter parking lot in Chapel Hill. And it was just which Harris Teeter? The one at University Mall. Okay. So, I've had two
0: incidents that were terrifying. I had no idea. That's why you're terrified of lightning because you've 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 had a brush with it already. I think that might be it.
1: Yeah. Mm. I think that might be it. But Got you've it. never had had a situation where lightning has struck
0: so, oh, lightning would never dare strike me. Lightning cannot strike something more powerful than lightning itself, and that's what I am. Okay. Told right. you. I'm a I'm a classic man with a 21st century twist. Well,
1: you live in California. There is no lightning
0: in California. But we have many other natural disasters to be wary of, John. I uh,
1: never heard of we any other. Never we heard have fires. We have any others there.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of stuff. Earthquakes. And yeah, mudslides. We have all kinds of stuff. What's that? Mudslides. We have mudslides. Yep, mudslides. Paparazzi. Was that a funny joke? Yeah. Imagine – hold on. I think this could be a funny joke if like um, – if you were a celebrity and you were like, yeah, I'm dealing with all these natural disasters out here in L.A. Mudslides, earthquakes, hurricanes, and the worst one of all, paparazzi. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> joke. That's a good joke. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
1: So I argued with Satchel about this for a while, and I was pulling Satchel's leg. I, he was just saying, you're making it sound like everyone is going to be struck by lightning in their life. And I said, well, I think everyone is. And if you are if you live in Florida, you're probably going to get struck twice. And he said, well, if everyone's struck, then why don't I know anybody? And I said, that's because people are ashamed that they've been struck. And there's actual psychology behind it. And there's a, a branch of psychology that studies this that's called strikeology. And... <clears throat>
0: I think you were really going into bullshit mode. Uh, But I think
1: he was believing me.
0: Well, he's a trusting guy, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I was full of it. Strikeology. It's pretty good. Somebody wrote in, John, and asked if we would join manifold markets, which I guess is like predictive, except you don't use real money. Yeah. And you can make your own markets.
1: Yeah, but money. I don't know.
0: All we care about is the money. All we care about is the money. Another listener wrote in and said maybe the reason that that person who worked briefly at the hospital when I worked at the hospital and chose for his computer password the word sex, he might have been inspired by the movie Hackers, a movie I've never seen, where there's a discussion among hackers about the most popular passwords. And one of the characters says the most popular passwords are love, secret, and sex. First of all, I maybe that's the reason that this temp employee chose sex as the password, but also that can't be true. No, right?
1: there's no way that's true because I've read before that like the most popular password is password
0: yeah, or ABC
1: right. one two three.
0: Oh, a classic! Or one oh two gosh. one
1: two one two one two.
0: What about this one? ASDFASDFASDF. ASDF, ASDF. What about yeah, that? Yeah. John, I think that's the end of the episode. All right. There's nothing I would even consider talking about that we haven't already discussed. Hopefully all this stuff will be resolved
1: in the next few days. With uh,
0: Do you have a prediction
1: on whether the, uh, the, the Titanic people are going to be alive?
0: I think they died instantly and without fear or pain, I hope. But I don't think they'll – I, I don't think we'll ever know what happened to that little submarine. OK. My prediction is that
1: they didn't die that, – that they died of uh, lack of oxygen and that we yeah. will eventually find them.
0: Oh, boy. Well, that's a delightfully grim note on which to end this episode. We hope you haven't found this episode too unsettling as we dealt with i guess as we always do eros and thanatos sex and death life and death two sides of the same coin we've celebrated the erotic and we have and we have mourned the i guess you would say fatalistic right mm-hmm. man's folly man's folly in making a sex restaurant and man's folly in trying to go down and look at the titanic in a little submarine Oh, boy. And then we got RFK Jr. and all that stuff. That's a whole other level of folly. Well, we just wish everyone the best. Stay, stay, stay safe out there, everybody, okay? Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support
1: on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to
0: advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Stay safe and stay sexy. That could be our new tagline. Yeah, I like that. Stay safe and stay sexy. From your boys, the election profit makers. (laughs) From your bad... Okay, here we go. Stay safe and stay, stay... Until next time, stay safe and stay sexy. Sincerely, your bad boy friends at election profit makers. That's the perfect sign off. Yeah. Bye.